If you have your Bibles, uh, crack them open to Philippians 4. Uh, Philippians 4. Uh, we are going to continue on with a series called Step by Step. Uh, we kicked it off on Easter Sunday, and we've been talking about what does it mean to be a Christian? What are the step by, like, if I say, yes, I'm a Christian, what does that mean? Like, how, how do I become a Christian? And so, uh, in that regard, uh, let's do a recap. So here is like the step process. Okay, now I'm a very uh, analytical person. I like to process. I like graphics. I like to visualize them. And so I created this graphic here. Go ahead and click on the first one uh, there, step-by-step process of Christian. Um, and as we have these steps, we've been working through... Uh, um, Luke 10, 27, uh, when someone came and asked Jesus, what does it mean, or how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus <laughs> answered a question with a question, and he's like, well, what does the scripture say? And he goes, well, he answered, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus was like, that's right, you do those things, <laughs> You're, you, you will inherit eternal life. Now it goes on for more details in the story, but that's for that story. Uh, so we've been looking kind of step by step, what does it mean to love God with all of your heart and soul and mind strength? And so the first one I said was, first you have to believe in God. Like you can't be a Christian without believing in God, right? Like you have to believe in Jesus if I want to be a Christian. And what does that mean? And this is like entry level, Woohoo! I'm a Christian. Uh, thief on the cross. Right? I believe that you're the Son of God. Like, stop making fun of him. And he's like, hey, he's like, remember me, and today you will be in paradise. There was no baptism. There was no say a sinner's prayer, repeat these words, A, B, C, D, right? Like, there, there's none of that there. It's just belief. Believe in Jesus Christ. Right? Then we talk about, well, more than just believe, the next step is to desire God, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, right? So we, we believe in God, now we want to desire after God. Our heart, our emotion, our, our feelings go for God. I want more of God. We talked about that. Then we talked about the other step of to obey God. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, our mind, will, and emotions, right? Our, our will and emotions. I, I want to obey God. And that obeying comes by stepping forward, taking a step forward, moving with God from Deuteronomy 11. Then, we, then Pastor Ben talked about last week with work with God. That next step of love the Lord your God with all of your strength. Notice the progression that happens. I believe. I want more. I'm going to follow after him. Jesus even said, if you love me, obey my commands. Right? If you love me, obey my commands. Next step up. Then it's work with God. Oh, go back, go back, go back. Sorry. Sneak peek. All right. Uh, so it's work with God. And Pastor Ben talked about that. He said, listen, it's really good that you follow God, but what good is your faith without actions? I can have great faith, but if I don't show it, <laughs> oh, you're hungry? <laughs> good luck with that. 
Right? Like, you got to put your faith into motion, and you work with God. And everything that we do goes to God. I don't work for my manager. I don't work for a paycheck. I work for God. So when I walk in on Monday morning, I'm thinking, okay, God, how do I need to work for you today? And so now, the person that comes in disgruntled, how do I bless them? Or my coworker that has questions, how do I help them? You know, it was interesting, my wife there's a new hire at her place and she's been talking about because there's cool rocks on her desk and she's like well those are good energies for me and she's like okay how do I work with God with this knowing that she knows I'm a Christian so where I'm coming from is going to be a little bit different but God give me wisdom Right? So love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and now today with all of your mind. And here's the sneak peek. Renew in God. Right? So now if you were to pull up Luke 10, 27, and you see a little scripture note. Oh, it's, it's quoting this verse from Deuteronomy, right? So you go back to Deuteronomy, and you look at it, and it says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But it doesn't say mind in the Old Testament. Well, why not? Why? Did they add words there? What, what do you think? The soul is the mind. So they would say the soul is including the mind. Uh, Old Testament... Hebraic, uh, Egyptian mindset was that you're a triune being, three parts, right? That's very biblical, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's a person, three in one. The idea that soul would be mind, soul, body, will, emotions. The, the heart of that scripture was what? Love the Lord your God with your whole being, your whole self, Right? That's the idea of it. I could break it down more, though, right? I could say, love the Lord your God with your eyes. Love the Lord your God with your hands. Everything that your hands touch, be a blessing to others. Whatever you see, praise, um, love the Lord your God with your tongue, how you speak. I could break it down if I wanted to. In the Septuagint, okay, which is a fancy word that just means Greek translation, the Septuagint was the Greek translation of the Hebraic Bible, and the Greeks would have separated out in that time mind. Right? Now, we, while we're in the Roman Empire, not the Greek, but the Greek was the common law, always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Or what David talked about in Psalm 1. But those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night will, be, will receive benefit. Or even Isaiah in the prophets. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. We talked about it today in a worship about I, I no longer a slave to fear. Why? Because I'm a child of God. And I don't have to have anxious thoughts. I mean, we can read. <laughs> Listen, if you have Fox News on or CNN on 24-7, you will be fearful. Um, there, are, there are very uh, 
very few things that sell papers. Scandals and fear and threats. It doesn't take long to think about, oh, are we going to be in World War III soon? It doesn't take long about, man, there's another mass shooting. Oh, man, what's going to happen with, with the elections this upcoming time? I mean, just, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but I had a poll uh, election worker just walk out because they didn't want to work with the other party. Okay, I guess you don't believe in the demonic. Never mind. Anyway, I just, it's tense. There's anxiety and fear. And yet, our minds control what we think about that causes anxious things. So if you want to have a life of no anxiety, you came to the right sermon today. Because this isn't anything new. But true Christians want God to dominate and fill their minds with ideas of himself. You want to think about God all the time. Now, does that mean that I relinquish myself? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I allow God to renew my mind. Therefore, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, how do we do this? Well, I'm going to break away from my alliteration today. I'm going to give you an acronym. MIND. There's four things that if you do these four things, this is how to love God with all of your mind. Okay? The first thing to do is this. Meditate. Now, let me be very clear here. We are a very expressive church. We believe in shouting and jumping and dancing sometimes. Okay, now I'm not saying like, whoa, party, rave. I'm not saying that either. Okay, we don't have multiple light shows. Okay, we don't do that here. What I am saying though is that it's a, loving God is emotional. It should be. There should be emotion that wraps in there that, man, the, the, the presence of God just fills this place and all I can do is but weep before him or shout before him or whatever that is, an emotional response. But can I say that our culture dictates a lot of passive things that happen to us? I fall into love. Oh, I'm in love. There's not a choice. I, can I choose to love someone? Can I be active loving? Not just passive loving? And I would say this, that if all you are is emotion, like, ooh, Jesus was so good today, or vice versa, I did not feel God today, so I didn't meet him. Well, what... <laughs> Open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds that we'd receive your word today. It would take root and change our lives forever. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, go back to the first part of this verse for me. We're going to break this down 
section by section. Just like we're kind of doing with Luke 10, 27. Let's do this in, re- in fast time today, a recap real quick of today. So, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. First of all, whatever is. This piece focuses on the types of thoughts that we can change. Whatever. Whatever is. Whatever you think about. The things that you can change. The things that pop into your mind. The things that Satan likes to just drop in there every once in a while. Boop. Whatever is true. This Is this thought factual factually true, or is it filled with emotion? Am I thinking emotionally? Am I daydreaming? Or is this factually true? Whatever is true. Whatever is honorable. This is the thought of the highest opinion of a person or situation. Man, that person cut me off in traffic. Is it honorable to think about that? Am I giving an honorable thought? Whatever is just. Is this thought of the right or righteous things that are happening? Oh, I'm so mad at them. Am I thinking righteously? But our culture loves to put out a narrative that, oh, just be this way or act like this and you'll have a great marriage or a great relationship. Just do it this way or that way and it will be good. When a lot of times, if we don't follow the biblical principles of how God intended it, it's going to be more hurtful than helpful. And we have to fight purity in our culture. Or a person's reputation. Just because it's in my head doesn't mean it should have come out. And obviously we talk about, oh, I have a really good filter, right? Like what, what I think about, I, I usually don't say. And yet, should you be thinking about it then? Is that loving God with your mind? That as long as I keep it up here and it doesn't come out, it doesn't hurt anyone. Love God with your mind. Then it goes on to say whatever is... Excellent, right? If anything is excellent, is that thought morally good? How do we know what morally good is? Or praiseworthy? Does this thought lead me toward worshiping God? Is it praiseworthy? Here, as a Christian. They, they struggle with obeying some of the things God tells them to do. They might want to work with God, but, but they, they struggle in this area right here. Yeah, it's, it's easy to desire God, and it's great, but we get stuck here, and if we want real transformation of our lives as a Christian, we got to get past some of those things. This process right here is called sanctification. It's, it's the getting the junk out. Now, that's a very big term, okay? You're like, man, Pastor Roger, you're talking big stuff today. I know, it's okay. 
But sanctification means the working out of our faith. It means a step-by-step. It's, it's got to be a process. It's moving forward, not being stuck in any one of those steps. The second thing that you need to do with your mind is investigate. Not only do we meditate, but we investigate on God. So if this one is taking captive every thought, <laughs> biblical, now we need to investigate. What does that mean? We'll read the Bible actively. Like I said, if we can choose to love God, that means it's a choice. I don't just fall in love with God, right? I have to choose to follow after God. Then I don't just haphazardly read my Bible. Listen, as much as I wish I could, I can't just stick this underneath my pillow at night and go, okay, osmosis work. That doesn't work. I got to be actively reading it, right? And, and what does that mean? Well, do you expect, or what do you expect out of your Bible reading? Do you expect it to be easy? When I read the Bible, does something just jump off the page? Oh my goodness, that finally makes sense now. And it can happen. Absolutely. It's been fun. My son and I, we've been waking up before school uh, this, the last trimester and doing morning devotions together. Because I finally decided that coffee will maybe stunt his growth at 6'4". Um, so I offer him coffee and Bible. And so there are some days where we say, hey, what jumped off the page? And he'll be like, nothing. Nothing jumped off the page. Okay, well then let's start digging then. Because I came to meet with God in my Bible reading. That doesn't mean that I have to wait for him to show up. That means I dig. I need to investigate. Okay? Active Bible reading demands effort, but it enriches the soul. In fact, I would say that it's not going to be an accident. When you investigate, it's, it means look up other things. Use other resources. There's lots out there. I've talked about Blue Letter Bible, um, BibleGateway.com. There's commentaries. There's a lot of things. Google, surprisingly, there's a lot of things online. Now, not that you should trust everything out there. Make sure it's a reputable source, okay? Um, <laughs> never mind. Um, I'll leave it that there. Uh, but when you investigate, it's putting some effort into it. It's more than just thinking about it. It's actively doing. Using God with my mind means, hey, go down a rabbit trail. That's Okay. If a one thing, okay, so like we read Philippians 8, 4. Okay, what does true mean? Where else is true in the Bible? Go to a concordance. Start looking. Start investigating. It might take five minutes. It may take 20 minutes. So give yourself some time, okay? But investigate. Dig in. Study. If you want, get out a magnifying glass. Okay, that was more of a joke, but okay. But you, the idea of like, okay, I'm going to look now into this. I'm going to study. I'm going to Sherlock Holmes it. However that comes out, do put some time and energy into it. Read the Bible actively. The third thing I would suggest is to notate. Not only do we meditate, not only do we investigate, but we also notate. This is where a journal is helpful for those of you who like to journal. I am iffy on journaling, I'll be honest. There are seasons in my life that are really cool. I can go back 
I got some cool ones where I wrote like in a thumbprint motion because God was imprinting on me. Great, cool, fun. There are times that I'm like, I don't want to write today. It's okay. Not everyone journals all the time. But take notes when something happens. Can I recommend finding a Bible that actually through a passage and what it means? And the implication for us. It requires more than a brief glance. Skimming sentences. Active Bible reading is more like drilling for oil. It demands time and concentrated effort. So, how do you notate? Well, first, begin to pray for truths of the text that will deep into your hearts. Before Titus and I get into any morning devotion, we pray first. God, we're here with you. Join us at the table. We want to learn. Get my snacks and wait for the movie to show. I'm waiting for the word to happen. Because we talked about this before, right? A shepherd's job is not to pick up grass and shove it in the mouth of sheep. It's to lead you to greener pastures, right? Remember, the, the pastor's not here to entertain you. I mean, I can read newspapers all day long. I can scroll Facebook all I want. But what matters is when I spend time with God and hear his voice for what I need to do for my life. Regardless if it's for this church or outside of here. So when I run into people in Walmart and, I'm, and I'm, they're telling me their list of things of why they haven't gone to church in three years, I'm sitting there praying, Holy Spirit, give me the right words to say right now. God, what do you want me to say? Or when I sit at Waffle House and they complain about how the one worker only does one dish and then says, I clean the dishes. And God, how do I speak into their life to encourage them and not complain or gossip or bitter? Through Job, because that's fun every morning to wake up and read. But as we're going through Job, there's a lot of poems that were written around that same time that said if you, did these med- uh, if you did these incantations or certain spells or certain rituals, then the gods would appease and be favorable to you and take care of you. And yet in Job's plight, there is no thing, uh, nothing about incantations as much as just trust God, believe in God, and how anti-cultural that would have been back then. I wouldn't have had that knowledge if I didn't have something outside another resource to study and learn from. So I investigate. I notate. I take down notes. I say, man, God, that was really good. I want to remember that. You write it down. And then four, you need to dedicate. If I'm going to love God with all of my mind, it can't be haphazardly. It can't be by accident. It's got to be active. It's got to be a physical choice. Listen, y'all know I don't like mornings. I don't. I like my pillow and sheets. They're comfortable. They're warm. I like to sleep in. But if I want to spend time with my son and teach him how to love God with all of his heart, soul, mind, body, and strength... 5.15 comes really early. And sometimes he has to knock on my door because I hit snooze too many times. Dad, it's time for devotions. Okay, I'm up. I'm up. Don't wake mom. 
Well, I normally set my alarm. Okay. Don't call me out, okay? In that desire, as you study God's word, dedicate time. We all have 24 hours. We choose what we do with it. I can keep scrolling on Facebook. I can keep playing the game. I can do more work. I can go out to the garage. I can fix this. I can always tinker with that. But I'm going to dedicate some time to spend with God today. I'm going to dedicate, determinate that I'm going to do that. Now listen, if a person doesn't move from intellectual awareness of God and right thinking about God to an emotional embrace of God, then they really haven't loved God fully with their mind. I can stay intellectual and have a theology of God and stay here and be like, hmm, God is good. And yet there is a time and place when we sing, whoa. My thoughts should help me do an emotional embrace of God. That there is, that we are both, you, you can't just say, I'm only a thinker. I don't worship God that way. I, I understand there are multiple ways to worship God. I get that. Some of, some of us, we connect with God better when we're in nature. Right? To sit in oak openings and look at the pond and the lake and allow God, and to bask in God's goodness there. I am not one of them. <laughs> I enjoy walks. Great. But I am not a hunter. I don't like spending four hours in a tree stand staring at frogs. Good for those that do. But I am much more of a cup of coffee person. Give me a nook. Spot in Panera. I'm good. I love it. Some of us, it's rededicating some time. Maybe you have a 20-minute drive to work. Hey, I'm going to do prayer. I'm going to have some worship time. Maybe you should have a podcast instead and say, you know what, I'm going to listen to some more words about God and, and take some time to think about God today. When the mind and the heart are working together in what feels like harmony, then you experience both affection and intellect of worshiping God. You, you, don't, you don't understand the fear of letting them go for the first time. When driving is coming up, oh, dear Jesus, new anxieties all the time. But that's... that's but now when I read in God's word and it says, come to me, listen, when my mom is in a coma and we have to decide whether or not to trach or not, my understanding and my love and trust of God changes. Never let me down. You might be thinking, hey, yeah, right, God. There's plenty you've let me down in. And yet God says, but I'm still here with you. Just take time 
dedicate time to me and I will share with you. My goodness, I might be quiet because I want you to do some work. Typically when I don't hear God, it's one of two reasons. One, because I've sinned and I need to repent. Or two, because he's whispering and I need to be quieter. How many of you have ever had a teacher, the classroom was loud and the teacher just starts talking really soft? And then every once in a while, the, my daughter's hand shoots up. Yes, that happens all the time in middle school. But then it gets real quiet in the room because they want to hear what's being said. Sometimes we need to quiet our lives down to allow God to then speak to us so we can hear clearly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that you are good. Help us, God, to think on things that is lovely, pure, good, admirable, praiseworthy. Help us to take every thought captive. And then as we gain into new understanding, as we actively read your word and dig in with our minds as well, that that would help us to embrace you. Time and... Go ahead and put it up there. And do the mind. Meditate. Investigate. Notate. And, and then you dedicated some time to it. Say, I'm going to work on one verse. It could be any verse. I'm not telling you which one to do. There's lots to choose from. So pick one that you want to do. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Now, I highly don't recommend doing this. Because that's going to be challenging, okay? Don't, don't just randomly open and go, oh, well. Promating? Oh, never mind. Okay, so I don't recommend doing that. Like, actually, like, say, what is something you want to learn? Dig that way, okay? And then I want to, I want to hear about it. So tell me next week how you've, what understanding you've gained in that process.